Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that will always try to get your ghost. My name is Greg, and on today's episode, we're kicking off Women in Horror Month by sitting down with our favorite blonde in front and talking with the demented minds behind Puppet Killer. And you don't have to be knee-deep in felt to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. And if you are wandering out on social media, you can follow our social shenanigans. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook, at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face that we have our events tab, which does indeed show uh, those uh, social shenanigans. And as this episode releases on Friday, February 7th, that very night at Screenland Armor, uh, grab your sunglasses and make sure you have plenty of bubblegum, because we're going to be screening John Carpenter's just prescient 1988 classic, They Live. And if Genius was here right now, you would hear the old faithful John Carpenter and, of course, the Buck Flower impression Come out for that and then some. But then the very next day on Saturday, February 8th at 9.30, Donnie Darko is screening. And this is a film that very divisive but plays well on the screen. And if you want a little like Amblin Light, little uh, sibling rivalry with the Gyllenhaals, a great soundtrack. And one of the greatest interpretive films I think of all time, definitely come out and seek it. But then brace yourself because then on uh, February 11th, Terror Tuesday, one of my all-time favorite Canadian tax shelter films, one of my all-time favorite holiday films, it's one of my all-time favorite slashers, it is My Bloody Valentine as part of Terror Tuesday. Make sure to come out for that and all the other events that are going on there, but ultimately this episode is all about kicking off Women in Horror Month, and as we like to say on the show, we want to make sure to celebrate all all year round, women in horror, but ultimately in the month of February is when we definitely get to highlight a lot of our favorite uh, females in the, the, the genre world. And this particular episode, we're kicking off our two Panic Fest dispatches, uh, ultimately some conversations we had with some of the filmmakers, the vendors, the guests, just people that participated in Panic Fest. And we're going to kick things off with our talk with, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of word of mouth with uh, film festivals. In the Panic Fest, there was one film that definitely had that word of mouth. And just even based on the title alone, if you look at a, a list of films and Puppet Killer is in there, you know you're going to seek it out. So we were able to talk with the, uh, the demented minds of that festival fave, uh, Lisa Ovies, the director, and uh, Kevin Mosley, the writer. And then we're going to follow things up with a chat, a wonderful chat with our favorite blonde in front, uh, Katie Glidewell. Uh, we basically talked about her favorite Panic Fest films and memories that were indeed made. So thank you for all the people that chatted with us now. Ultimately, here in the month of February, we do have a few more guests lined up. And then, of course, in the month of March, we kick things off with Into the Mouth of March Madness. So ultimately, all the things that happened at Panic Fest will be released here in the month of April. But we thought we'd kick things off here with a little bit of a, a little taste of what happened at Panic Fest. So thanks again for everyone that came out. Thanks again for all the memories made. And until next week, this is Greg and uh, oh, Junior McGee, and we will see you in your dreams. All right, we are back for another Panic Fest dispatch here at the Panic Film Festival. And in the vendor loft right now, again, the beautiful thing is right now, you hear nothing. The vendor loft of peace. It truly is, truly is. Now, one thing that I do love with film festivals is a lot of the films that we go and we see a lot of them are sight unseen because primarily they're new films. So they don't necessarily have a reputation. They don't have word of mouth yet. But occasionally there are certain films that just stick that just stick out. And you're like, I need to see that fucking movie based on the name of the movie. Maybe the, the poster art, a description. But there was one film in that in, in the Panic Fest uh, program that really stood out because Genius and I, we both love little monster movies. Mm -hmm. That is kind of our bread and butter. And there was a film in called. 
puppet killer. And yeah, pretty much is all you need to know. And the, the, the poster is this super cute pink puppet with a knife and Jason's mask in his hand. It's insane. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And thankfully, we have the creative minds behind such debauchery. Uh, welcome to Nightmare Junkhead for the first time, writer Kevin Mosley and the director Lisa Ovies. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having us, yes. So first of all, where can we find uh, you guys on the socials and where can we find more information about Puppet Killer on the socials? Uh, okay, so we have Puppet Killer on Facebook. We have Puppet Killer Movie on Instagram and I am attempting to be a member of Twitter but doing it miserably <laughs> under OVA's Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Kevin? what Lisa was saying, yeah, yeah. And Kevin also has an Instagram under yeah, his name, and, and I have an Instagram. Instagram and Twitter, Kevin yeah. Mosley14, uh, Twitter, and uh, KR Mosley on Instagram. There you go, yes. and I think all my socials are just my name. Yeah. Perfect. So, my first question, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> A lot. Like, <laughs> too, way too much no, to even this, talk about. <laughs> this movie was insane. This movie was absolutely insane. I mean, first of all, you think, okay, puppet killer, and you're expecting a little bit mad cappery, but the, the fact is... It's madcap and it's crazy, but it's not so bonkers that like, oh, this is absolutely a screwball comedy. But yet you have 45-year-olds playing 18-year-olds yep. playing it straight, and it works so well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've seen this film so many times, it's not funny. And realistically, at the screening two days ago, I actually looked at Kevin and I said, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> It was just one of those decisions that I, you know, when Lisa said, she, you know, we were going to cast like old actors to play, like Alex Pontifex is 50, right? And he's playing a 17 year old, right? So it just really worked. And it was a risk, I think, because a lot of people were like, you know, is that going to work? You know, is it going to, you know, so, but it really was really amazing how Lisa actually directed the whole thing and, and the actors just really carried it and pulled it off. And, you, you know, Lisa was always, you know, sort of don't wink at the camera. Yeah, Just play the drama. Yeah. The comedy no. will find you. And that was a really important thing for me. I knew I had like a 90% failure rate on this film. But I was like, it's not supposed to be campy. It's not supposed to be a slapstick. It's genuinely a, a love letter to horror. And mm -hmm. if we do that, we need to play the drama. And so that was what I said to all my actors. Like Ponovic, when I pitched it to him, he was like, I'm sorry, you want me to play what? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I want you to play like a 16-year-old boy. And I need you to trust me. And thankfully he did. Well, it so. totally works because you have this guy who looks and sounds like Patrick Warburton walking down the middle of a Oh, Dad, I we're going to go with my friends. And, it, and, and it, it's you're like, this is silly, but it works because they sell it. I mean, they're really playing the characters. Yeah. And, and the fact that the puppet, uh, you, well, let me, before we get into that, you, that this movie has its horror influences right there. I mean, there's so many wonderful horror Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. I mean, what cracked me up, like I audibly just guffawed, is, spoilers, one of the kills, he comes up with the sheets. Yes, I knew yes. you were going to say oh, that. And with the glasses, yeah. yes. and he chokes her out yes. with a telephone. Yeah. 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 Well, he's like, <laughs> so, so if, funny. If you listen to it another time, you'll actually hear the voice of Simon go, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I probably didn't hear it because I was laughing. It's because like, but it's, there's also a proper like, mystery into this movie while as silly as it is with puppets and all this stuff you're constantly thinking is this real is it in his yeah. head what's going on because you play the drama straight but everything else is so fun and silly it's wonderful it's a good yeah. it's a good mix thank you yeah. and it's a hard it's a hard mix so credit to kevin's script and well actually actors. when you mentioned the sheet that was actually the first scene that i saw um, Lisa and I were driving up to the Grand Canyon. We were down at the Phoenix Comic Con with the last film that we did together. I wrote it. It was called Suspension. And uh, we were driving to the Grand Canyon. Lisa, I was, Lisa was talking about this puppet killer movie in the back seat with one of our actors. And I was driving. I'm like, fuck. I was just like, my brain just started to go. Right? And the first thing I saw was Simon with this sheet. And I just started to crack up in my I'm like, so grateful because you know, I love that movie. I, that, that movie is a huge influence on me. But still, I go, like, really? <laughs> What's with the fucking sheet and his glasses? Like, I love it. I'm in. But uh, I've never really got that one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So where did... I mean, you're talking about, like, you're thinking about it, and you guys are just bullshitting in the car, but where yeah. exactly did you, like, yes, we can actually do this. This needs to happen. And I got an idea. So where did all this really come from? Uh, I'm embarrassed to say it came from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the reason. We blame her. Totally. 100%. 
Yeah, I was yeah. Uh, working on another horror movie. I was producing a film with puppets. <laughs> and quite frankly, I kind of just got it. I love producing. I love working on other people's projects. And I just was kind of sitting on the stairs one day watching this fucking song with puppets and was like, what would I do if it was mine? And I will never understand this. My brain was like, you'd kill him. You'd kill him all with a puppet. So I went home that night and just like Kevin said, when you get an idea, little things come and yeah. come. And I was like, what if this puppet was obsessed with horror films? And every time he killed, he killed an homage to another one. So I called Lee Majub, who plays Curtis and is the voice of Simon the next day. And I was like, I've got this idea. Am I fucking crazy? And he's like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was originally a short, like a self-indulgent short that turned very quickly into a feature. And I wasn't originally going to direct it. I was going to star in it and play Gigi's role. And then uh, my team was like, no, you're going to direct this. No one. No oh, yeah. one else yeah. is directing right. this. Let's, yeah. so. let's talk a little bit about that cast real quick. Yeah, they're amazing. First of all, who, who's the main guy? His, his name is name? Alex Ponovic. He did great. He's, he oh, sold yeah. he a 16-year-old yeah. kid an, and, and so well. He, and he is normally, like, he's the lead villain on the Van Helsing. He's uh, the uh, really bad guy. He's a grounder on the 100. He was in War for the Planet of the Apes. Like, he is an amazing actor who is always the villain and yet he's like come on let's go yeah. to the cabin and yeah. have, this is my pup and i love him very much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So i have to say i've been running around like a madman during yeah. panic fest and genius and uh, patty were in there watching the film and i went in for about 15 minutes probably about half an hour into the film that's a bad time to walk I know, in right? <laughs> because all i see is this large hulking individual <laughs> playing and i couldn't tell if he was a man child if the, he was like if he, he was, was held back in school for like <laughs> 20 or 40 years because or whatever. he enjoyed puppets that's right he was like he was really strong but let me tell you something even out of context it totally worked because i really? went with it i went with well number one it was fun and everyone seemed to be really attached to their characters so regardless of how it you know came off it worked even out of context that actually yeah, surprises really me right. when anyone walks in after the seven minute mark i'm like oh fuck. yeah <laughs> this is gonna be rough well because the movie <laughs> plays with so many tropes right you know horror movies are sort of notorious with you know casting older actors to play teenagers right. a lot of times right so lisa Beverly went fuck it we're going full on did with you guys get it too that my lead male characters are named jamie lee, lee and curtis, curtis. yeah Again, so many horror like Easter eggs in <laughs> yeah, this movie. It was yeah. wonderful. It's full of yeah. tons of stuff. Well, yeah. we're both obsessed. We're I think so, it's pretty obvious. Well, and, well, yeah, we're so obsessed with 80s horror and 70s horror. Like, I grew up watching that stuff as a kid, yeah. and it is yeah. so ingrained in me. Yeah. So when I was writing it, it just, even though I may not consciously know it's in there, but sub, like a lot of the stuff just shows up. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was obviously the very specific examples that we use but then there's a whole bunch of stuff we had someone say uh, we really like the Beetlejuice we've had multiple people know, tell yeah. us that they love the Beetlejuice nod so if anyone knows what that is <laughs> I, was looking, I was looking for the same thing I heard about that and I was like I don't did they say the puppet's name three times maybe or, I don't know because I caught the Friday the 13th right? yeah. not only the mask but the arrow kill yeah, yeah. spoilers right. well yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was a big yeah. one for me on yeah. the lake I mean originally we thought we'd have a lake but we didn't have the money but That's whatever right. yeah. and the Halloween kills yeah. oh, and all the, the other kills sure yeah um, yeah not only was the the scenes and like the scenery specific with a lot of horror things, mm -hmm. but you had uh, friend of the show, up and come uh, horror artur Gigi Salguerrero mm -hmm. in it, and oh, like yeah. like you said when you came in, I just missed I, my Gigi. I, I, turn, oh, I turned no. over and I go, you just milked, you, know, you just watched, you just missed the puppet kill Gigi. Oh and no! He goes, Fuck! Um, <laughs> did you guys notice that Jessica Cameron's also in it? Twice. Yeah, she plays Twice. two different yeah. characters because yeah. it's so 1980s, low budget right. that we were like, let's have her too. Two. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good to see that. But Gigi's great. We oh my her. gosh! Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I. Yeah. I am big for ethnic casting and diverse casting. And so me as a, a, a Latinx female, I was just like, okay, well, I want a strong female character that's uh, that's Mexican. And when I decided to direct it, I was like, I'm not fucking good enough to like star in the first feature film I've directed. And so Gigi was like the only other option I had. Not that there's not another amazing woman out there, but well, fuck, Gigi's we're lucky. Pretty fucking rad. Dude, oh, and I just took yeah. her to Starbucks and I was like script unseen. I'm like, here's my fucking movie. There's a killer puppet. Richard Harmon's in it. Pontifex in it. Blah, blah, blah. We're doing it. And she was like, oh, I'm fucking in. Gore's like, love, baby. Yeah. Yes. Well, we are transitioning, transitioning. We're about to hit the month of February, oh, yeah. which in the in the world of horror is Women in Horror Month, yeah. which ultimately, when we always say you shouldn't be doing celebrating this once a month, it should be year round, sure. obviously. But, but it is the chance to yeah. highlight the up and. And I, I love like that. I love oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I do too. We're gonna talk off mic too. We 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 got something to say on that with that with the Women in Horror Month coming. Okay. Up. Okay. Okay. But this was a great screening. I hope you guys it had a good time. Awesome. Well, yeah. no, 
I'm sure you guys were on bated breath watching it here with the crowd. What was that like? We watched it. Um, I watched it. I've been lucky. We played five continents so far. We came oh, out, wow. I think, three months ago, and yeah. we've had, I think, thirty screenings so far. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually get really surprised when we play well at non-genre film festivals. Fifty yeah. percent of our screenings have been non-genre, which blew oh, wow. my mind. Um, this one. <laughs> I think Korea I was most nervous for, to be totally honest. I was literally sitting in Korea, and I was like, no one's going to get my jokes. And they all laughed quite a bit, and I was grateful. But um, minute and 30 here, people started laughing. And I was yeah. like, yes. Yeah. Normally, Immediately, yeah. Adam, too, who runs the festival, I'm so in love with this film festival, gave us such a great intro. Sometimes people forget yeah. to tell them it's a comedy, and the audience is like, am I supposed to laugh? Is this weird? And then you'll get to like the 20 minute mark when someone finally laughs and everyone starts to laugh. But until then, it's painful. <laughs> everyone needs to know it's a comedy. <laughs> I don't know how they couldn't, though. Well, puppet I mean, killer. What do you expect, right? It's a fuzzy right? pink puppet running around killing exactly. people. I didn't think we were hiding that. Yeah. But I think I've had one screening that physically made me want to pull You're my right. skin off. And I was like, it's. Funny. And then once they started laughing, it was great, but it was very uncomfortable. And especially the first kill. Our first kill has 24 stabs. 24 yeah. stabs yeah. at the seven minute mark. I'm like, if y'all don't know, I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a Gallagher puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really love sitting with an audience watching it because I'm a horror movie fan too. And just being with the horror fans and having them get it yeah. and really enjoy it and appreciate it and find all the Easter eggs and all the, you know, nods to all the great horror films. I love that. So I love hearing it. You can hear them get jokes oh, yeah. and they're like, <gasps> yeah. yeah, just got that. Or I know who that person right. is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. yeah, you do. Where did the puppet design come from? Cause you could have went extra creepy with like mm-hmm. magic or mm-hmm. a ventriloquist mm-hmm. doll or something along those lines. But he looks like he came straight from Sesame Street. He's adorable. (laughs) And the fact that he's like killing all these terrible things. I oddly love him and he lives in my bedroom and I'll host parties and I'll look over and some drunk person's fucking snuggling Simon in the corner. He's going to kill you. (laughs) He's going to fuck you up. No, he's so loving. We started not knowing. I I hired Jack Fox, pardon me, who I actually thought designed the puppets on Bed Bugs the Musical Love Story that I did and it turns out he was the fucking puppet wrangler. So he didn't, and I was like, do you want to design a puppet? And he was like, cool, yeah, I'll do that. And then I find out years later, he'd never fucking done it before. Um, But uh, he was scary at one point. He had razor teeth and like a trench coat and like he went through Mm -hmm. all these journeys and then at one point, this is what we found. And I was like, what if he has like just one tooth, one little snaggle tooth. So uh, aesthetically he was built and designed when we found Kevin. So when I was able to pitch him the idea and he knew what Simon looked like and he was, and writing the script, I had to keep in mind, it was this little fuzzy pink puppet running around killing people. So like all the logistics, Mm -hmm. where is Simon right now? How long does it take him to walk around the, you know, all that stuff was, yeah. <laughs> I had to actually think about that. But for real, because he lives in, you know, that's the rule with, I think, good horror yeah. is you get one moment of magic. You don't get yeah. 17. That's like, right. I can't fucking transcend no. gravity. That's right. So it was the same thing. Both of us working together to be like, how long would it take Simon to get from the front to the back door? With his little fuzzy yeah, pink feet running through the forest. But the fact, but the fact yeah. that he's cute, cute, it adds to the pathos yeah. when the pathos hits. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there was a part towards the end where I was like, Oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel for this yeah. puppet. Don't yeah. we fuck and you? And you feel up. for Jamie. Too. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Yeah, because it it's goofy and funny right. and silly, and yeah. there's murder. Yeah. But then at the end, you're like, oh. yeah. And, and I, I, I don't want to say oh, what the wow. moment is that yeah. I know that you're talking but, about, but so many people have come up to me and gone like. Yeah. That upset me. Yeah. And I'm upset that it upset me. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not supposed to empathize with the killer. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, Simon, you know, represents, you know, horror all of fans, us. all of us, right? And and how we sort of like, you know, we're told that, oh, you got to grow up and you got to like leave it behind you. And, you know, my parents were always thinking that, you know, they were raising a serial killer as well because I was like that. You know, my room was packed full of horror shit. My mom actually was afraid. Honey, to your room is my... still packed with horror oh, shit. It is, yeah. You're in good company, Oh my God, friend. I know. You're so in good I have company. not let it go. And, you know, it, it was almost like this set moment for horror fans like going, no, I, this is, you know, I, I'm hanging on to this. You know, and then of course, you know, uh, that moment happens. 
And it, it is. It's a sort of this sad kind of moment where it's like, no, we don't want to let go of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Which makes, but ultimately, the fact that you are eliciting that kind of response and you're getting people that are upset for having that kind of response, that has to feel good. You, oh, yeah. It feels really good. You're, you're, yeah. Now, yeah. that means it worked, that, right? Like, yeah. It, it and also, let's give credit to Lima Jube, who's oh, the yeah. voice of Simon. Like, we really played in ADR, and we actually transitioned that character a little bit where yeah. he actually only swears once a kill. And beyond that, he's very sweet. Um, one of my favorite lines that he says is, you're going to die a virgin. Oh, yeah. That's sad. <laughs> I, I caught that. I caught that. <laughs> well, ultimately, where can our listeners find Puppet Killer at this point? Uh, okay, so we just sold the film, which we're really oh, excited yeah. about. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, Thank no, you. it's very exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. ecstatic. Yeah. We actually, I took it to AFM and we had a bidding war over it, which we were like, what the fuck? Hell Does yeah. that even happen yeah, in nice. indie film? We're super excited yeah. with uh, the distributor that we've settled with. Um, we are on our way to Nevermore. Yeah, and then uh, Horror Hound. We're and... not allowed to say a bunch oh. of them. <laughs> no, you can say Horror Hound. Oh, we'll be in Horror okay, Hound. We'll be in Europe for quite a while. And then it looks like uh, theatrical availability, depending, we will be on October 2020 release. Yeah. Nice. Solid, solid. Yeah. And then briefly here, really quickly, what's your next project? What are we looking at? Uh. The Mall. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't want to know anything more. I do. Oh, okay. I want to, can I? Can, can, you, can, can you give us a pitch? Can, can I give them my pitch? So, Kevin, I'm directing The Mall. <laughs> Sweet. Which is Thank my you. next script. Yeah. My next script, uh, yes. Uh, Kevin wrote it, and it's M A U L. The the uh, ah, M A U L. Yeah, thank we you, like thank homonyms. you. Yep. Uh, but I I liken it to taking Trump's America, putting it in a mall, and lighting it on fire. Wonderful. Well, two here, two here. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful slasher that uh, Kevin wrote. Oh, that is I love fantastic. writing this one, and I am super excited to have Lisa yeah. direct, and she's perfect because she understands the horror like I do. I mean, making Puppet Killer together was like literally a match made in horror movie heaven for us, and and for me to have her direct them all is really great so I'm excited I'm glad you guys made such a connection at this point I'm glad you're going to continue to terrorize and inspire and probably I guess they're uh what is the uh, corrupt? Yeah. Nightmare. So again, uh, where again, where can our listeners find you guys out there for uh, Puppet Killer at this point? Puppet Killer would be Puppet Killer on Facebook, Puppet Killer Movie on Instagram. Myself would be Lisa OVAs on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. And Kevin, yourself? Uh, Kevin, Multi- <laughs> Kevin Mosley14 on Twitter. Uh, and then Kara Mosley on Instagram. Perfect. Well, again, I know this was brief. I apologize, but I want to make sure we get to our next film here because Absolutely. this is Panic Fest. Of course. And thank you guys for having us. Yeah, we thank loved you so it. much. You guys thank are you. awesome. Thank it's you been for such your... a treat being here, and we've loved every minute. Well, of good. Well, thank yeah. you for your patience yes. on you know, yeah. getting us. To we've all been trying to get together for like four know, days. Know. Know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> running like crazy. Well, speaking of running like crazy, until our next Panic Fest dispatch, this is Greg D. And this is Genius McGee. And we will continue on Panicking. And we are back with another Panic Fest dispatch here at the Panic Film Festival, Kansas City, Missouri, here in the Vendor Loft, which, I'll be honest, to give you a little peek behind the curtain here, listen for it. Chirp, chirp. You hear nothing. Chirp, you don't chirp. see the tumbleweeds going across. No. Because the Vendor Loft is technically closed as we are recording this. <laughs> the, the doom. The doom has happened. The Vendor Loft have doomed. It, it, yeah, it had been doomed. But uh, one of the things that we love and we've uh, we often talk is just the community that is formed through the conventions, through the film festivals, that you ultimately you see a lot of the same people. You know, whether they are within the Midwest, whether they're traveling out of the States, it's wonderful. Sometimes by happenstance. Oh, or just serendipity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, it's, again, continuing to build your film family. And it was through this podcast that I had a chance to meet this individual. Now, we're not this podcast. Would I have met her? Potentially. Potentially. Um, I am kind of an introvert, but... But she's like Visa. She's everywhere you want to be. And honestly, if you see our next guest at any convention or <laughs> festival, you know it is one that is worth your while. Please welcome back our favorite blonde in the front, Katie Glidewell. Oh, thank you so, so much, Visa. I like that. You, <laughs> technically, you really are that critic. You are the Visa critic. <laughs> But that being said, where can our listeners find you out on the social media? Plug and promote away. Uh, the Blonde in Front on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Excellent. And which I've recently subscribed. Thank you very much. Which it's been nice to be able to get those little dispatches at yourself because that's the thing with you. You, are, you. you don't spoil anything. 
you got great insight, and that's why I seek. And their your reviews are nice and bite sized. Thank you. And they're yes. and they're spot on. You yep. do a, you're a really good reviewer. You know, Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> and again, you are a tr- you're, you're a literal friend of the podcast, but a friend of the podcast. But like I said, had it not been for this. I don't know if I would have met you and I don't know if I'd be going out to things like this were it not for that. So I'm so grateful for that because I now have a really cool friend that goes out and we have a place to stay in Chicago. potentially. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, ultimately, how has your fest been? This has been such an experience. Like, honestly, I, I the movies have been great. Programming has been exceptional. Excellent features. Definitely one of the... Uh, features that I've seen at this fest, one of my favorite films right now of the year. I know it is only January 27th. That's okay, though. However, uh, the last time I said that, that film was actually the first year I was here. Uh, the film that I saw was Tigers Are Not Afraid. <laughs> and Tigers Are Not Afraid ended up becoming my number two film of the year. And I saw it here at Panic Fest. That was, I remember, yeah. yeah. That was a few years ago. That yeah. was, yeah. Oh my God. And Issa Lopez, I'm gl- glad to talk about Journeys. The fact that she's been able to find, and that's another film that you will primarily only see at a film festival for the most part, because right. it really yeah. didn't get a lot of distribution mm-hmm. outside. Which is, part of my French, such bullshit, it, because it, totally it is. is an exceptional film, oh. like, I mean, practically perfect in every way, shape, and form, and it just angered me that it was did not get the distribution that it so rightfully deserved. I know it... Uh, had more, I think it found a home on Shutter, so yeah. more people were able to see it, which is great because I know it made a lot of top ten lists for 2019. Yep, it was on my 2018, so you know <laughs> what, what? <laughs> because you're but, that cool, you get to see it that early. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I'm so I got to see it here, and then they showed it at Telluride Horror Show, and I saw it again at Telluride Horror Show. How to play over there? It played great. In fact, when people were like, "Oh, what are you going to see?" I'm like, "Well, I'm going to see Tigers on Afraid. It's amazing." I'm like, wait, you've already seen it? I'm like, yeah. They're like, wait, you're gonna see it again i'm like yeah it's yeah, like it's oh, that good well then i guess i gotta see this if you're gonna I'm like hell yes you do <laughs> no uh, so ultimately then um i because i want i have a little story because you got here thursday night preview mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. um you literally came in with your bags off of the street like <laughs> yes. rolled in i was like hey there's katie and her luggage and my god what just happened here <laughs> that's dedication that right is there. such dedication in fact let's just say you have your luggage bags and baggage right here. Right. Like, it's come full, full circle. circle. Full circle. Full well, the circle. circle that we initially, and you know, I'm going to go a little bit chronologically here, but I had one of my nicest uh, screening experiences was on opening night because I got to sit in the front next to the blonde in front. Yes, you did. And experience yeah. a Richard Stanley film that, now was this your, also your first time? For Color Out of Space? Mm-hmm. Or, yes, that okay. was my first time for Color Out of Space. Excellent. I, I want to go ahead and start there with the preview night because preview night was wonderful. We had an initial short block, which also had a wonderful, The Unseen. Yes. And there's, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the cast and crew were there and the response that the audience had, there was some cheering that went on and it was just a nice little moment and I thought to myself, oh, I wonder if the filmmakers got to experience it and they did. Good, mm-hmm. yeah. good, good. Mm-hmm. But Color Out of Space... What did you think about that movie? So the way <laughs> I sum up that movie, and I told you, I think I told you this, like after I saw it, I need to take a few seconds to like really sink in. One of the things, uh, just for listeners, that I do with my reviews, I always try and like think of like other films, not that other films are being influenced directly, but I mean, look, we're all horror fans. We're all going to, you know, have a little bit, if you pay homage to like an amazing horror or sci-fi film, that's not an insult. I mean, this is like the true influence. And from the get go, I kind of thought it might be the better sequel to Cabin Fever. Then I got a little bit of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which yeah. I definitely think there, I mean, there are some scenes that are very much with, uh, like one of my favorite scenes in the Close Encounters with the child and the light coming through. That whole scene is frightening, by yes. the way. Yes. Yeah, it is. That was amazing. But then it goes into <laughs> this orgy of like your favorite body horror films, The Thing, uh, Society, 
in the mouth of madness and i say it's like an orgy of body horror Ew. with hp lovecraft as a safe word and that right there planet squiddly diddly yeah that is my review of color out of space uh that needs to go on the poster you get uh significant cage rage uh and i have to say the chemistry between the cast was fantastic yeah Every single person that he was with, I felt like they had been rehearsing and they just got to know each other so well. I thought he had amazing chemistry with Julia Richardson. Mm -hmm. I got a little thrown off when, and I talked to you about this, when I felt like he was doing an impersonation of Donald Trump when it kind of, something was going on in his head. When his art critic dad. Yeah, was coming in, but then it, it wasn't. An imper- him doing an impersonation of Trump it was more like him doing an, an impersonation of Alec Baldwin doing an impersonation right. of Trump and yeah. that kind of threw me off I felt like that that was honestly probably the only thing but that body horror is oh. going to go Ooh, up there yeah that the, the I, I'm trying to Ooh. give away without spoilers but there's a scene with the with a, yes. a thing that crab walks yes. oh my god that yes. made me jump and like, that's where jump. that's where it's like in the Mouth of Madness, Society, and there was another movie, uh, Terrified. There, um, it's a South American yes. film, Terrified, where that all have that, yeah, that crab walk mm-hmm. thing, and that yeah. is thing that it's yeah. like, especially what it's about. But there are major uh, influences to oh, yeah. the thing in there. I mean, almost. Dra- I mean, oh, we yeah. all know what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. Save I that drama for your llama. <laughs> Speaking it's of. El- it's yeah. an alpaca. <laughs> Animal of the future. That's right. Yeah, it's not every movie you get to see Nicolas Cage milk an alpaca and give you proper techniques for it. Yeah. Good one, Dad. That was so funny. And the fact you mentioned the, the rage cage. And what I liked with Mandy was he was more subtle in that one. And I don't mind when he rage cages because that's yeah. what people come to see. But right. again, it depends on where does it does it work with the particular movie it's in and obviously when you get to the element where everything starts going a little bit more Lovecraftian and things get a little more otherworldly that makes sense but I'm not going to say it took me out of it but I don't know if I needed that in this flick at this point I agree yeah but I, it was it, it was a little much but it wasn't throughout no like no. that's just it, it was yeah. peppered it was peppered and there were some rage cage fans there because everything he said they were laughing which was awesome because yeah. obviously they were having a good time but like you said once the body horror escalates there was so much twitching and squirming on screen yeah and in my seat like i was just oh. like oh no please don't <laughs> is he kissing it again oh yeah every kiss begins with really? lovecraft every oh. kiss begins with ew yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely one i want to see again though yes and and the and fact, it's totally a Richard Stanley movie. Yes, you can, especially after watching. Like we'll get we'll get yep. into it later, but especially after ha- watching Hardware, and like, uh, who? It's definitely a Richard Stanley movie. It was nice to see. So let's go ahead. That was the preview night, and yes. you've been here throughout. So what are some of the highlights at this point, Katie? What should everyone be seeking out? So I'm. I mean, and again, this is the one that I did a video review when I I just I did a little recap of my first day. The film that blew me away uh blood quantum that is by far my number one film of the fest wow okay excellent now blood quantum is another zombie movie and i say that with an appreciation of what panic fest puts out with their zombie films i Mm -hmm. I said it before i'm going into every zombie movie that panic fest offers because I have not been disappointed. Not been disappointed with a single one. Trying to be son, girl with all the gifts, one cut of the one dead, cut of the dead. Mm-hmm. and like, and now add blood quantum because yeah. I was with you. I, I think I saw that on the first day too, yeah. and I was like, this movie is amazing. Yeah, it's so prescient right now. And yes. there were two moments in there that even Genius McGee kind of gasped, and that doesn't happen too often. No, with that, that was sounds like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was some shocking, shocking things. There, Well, and one of the things that I... I mean, this is a... It's almost tiresome how much zombies are in the horror genre mm-hmm. right now. I mean, it's oversaturated with it. So I initially was not going to go to this film. And then I read a little about it that it's about, you know, uh, a zombie outbreak in an indigenous yep. um, area and they're immune to it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? That's definitely different we haven't seen that yet yeah Yeah. 
But then you go in there, and this has brought a whole new freshness yeah. to this zombie outbreak. And every, I mean, the kills. Oh, oh. Bravo. And you want to talk about practical effects. Ooh. Yeah. That, yeah. again. And some then there's also, shit. there's humor. A lot of there's humor. There's heartbreak. Yeah. It's got a heart to it. There's family issues. There, I mean, the movie earns its red wings. Yes. It truly does. Well, it's one of those. It, it's one of those movies, like the zombie movies, that actually has a lot of other things to say. Sure. And it opens up a lot of discussions about yes. a lot of different things that um, how we see things, how we deal with family, how we deal with um, our the infrastructure of our society. You know, so like, it's a really poignant movie, and it has good zombie kills, good zombie gore. It's everything you want with a zombie film. Gore kills. Social message, social satire. Yes. And it hits, again, great work, Panic Fest, because this is one I didn't get to see too many films this year. I probably saw maybe four or five, just because we were doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. But that's one I was able to sit in on, and I'm really glad I did. So I'm glad of all the few that I caught, I caught one of the best for Katie. So what's another one there we should be looking at? Uh, After Midnight. Oh, I caught that one as well. That one was great. Yeah. I really liked After Midnight, because it, and I... I really like the way Jeremy Gardner, and I apologize, I forget the other um, director that's in it, but I think he, Jeremy Gardner is the one who is wrote it. Benson it. Moorhead? Uh, no, that's some, um, some chronic. Some chronic. Yeah, chronic. Oh. Yes. Not Which some chronic, some That chronic. is, that's another one of the, my top ones. But After Midnight, I love the way they, this is a story about relationships that then has a monster involved with it. And it is great with dialogue it's great with the character development and also a backstory it's you've got uh, a nice monster effect to oh. it but it's all it's a primary it's, it's about this relationship yeah it's a romance it's a romance movie yeah it's a proper romance movie with like a smidgen of monster yeah but then normally i would be like you and know? i'm curious because you normally you need that monster for yeah. a monster film. how did you process it It worked okay yeah. good it worked it worked for me i was like because i was invested in these characters and like both of them did bad things and both of them did good things and, and both of them tried to save the relationship yeah. it, was, it wasn't just a cut and dry you know <laughs> at first it was at first i because i'll be honest i was mad at the, i was i was mad at one of them for a little bit like yeah with to say nothing and just bounce and then that's when the month but it had me guessing i'm like it's, okay is yep. again is, yep. is 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 she part yep. of this is she orchestrating this is she gonna get got like what's going on the whole time i was just like where is this romance and where is this movie going and what's up with that monster yeah it's i just thought when you were saying that i just thought it's like it's kind of like marriage story with a monster with a monster uh, because it really is because it's like wow. each each partner has their faults yeah and you know if you don't talk about those and then you just do what one did i mean you it's things are going to happen yeah. but you need to blame each other for them and that's one of the things with marriage story. I mean, each one of them, like you say, well, who am I supposed to hate? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the thing. You don't. When you look at the true story of the background of all of them, and I mean, they do love each other, but it's just they become so complacent to everything that's happened. And it's, you know, each of their own faults. Relationships but, are complicated. Yeah. It's very rarely yeah. black and white. And I'll be honest, it the movie did affect me in such a way because I've, you know, five years at this point, I have been now, I'm going to say single, but I've just been withdrawn. And when I see these kind of stories going on and just the broken relationships, and I I, yeah. I find myself rooting so much more now for these kind of relationships. And you and want you're them invested. To, right. Yeah. You don't want to see ill shit happen with a monster. You know, yeah. Not at in all. Middle, not at in all. In the middle of their, like, trying to repair. But, no, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Because, like, I was like, okay. At first, I was like, this is a really romance. Where's the fucking monster? I want to see this monster. And then as I was, as the more movie went on, I'm like, okay, I don't need this monster right yeah. now. What happens? Are they going to get back together? Are they going to not reconcile? You know, I'm invested with these guys. Absolutely. And then when the monster comes back, I wasn't expecting the monster to come back. Oh, and especially it, when it did. Yeah, oh. it, like, it got me. It, yeah, yeah. It, that one got me. I was like, I think I was like, whoa, shit. Yeah. So, like, and I'll say Panic Fest this year, we saw some pretty cool friggin' monsters yeah. in a lot of yeah. the movies that we saw. And After Midnight definitely has a unique one. And yeah. I, because I don't know what the hell it is. No. No. I was going to ask and during the Q&A, but I was like, 
that's a better left unknown question. Yeah. And it's all they did uh, the whole script and they did an excellent job of doing the reveal of the monster because they do something like you don't see it for. I mean, like the majority of the film with the exception of a few flashes, which is what I love when they do that. And then the big reveal. But it was and it's kind of like a double reveal because, yeah, I'm going with you. I sort of thought is someone supposed to be is this supposed to right like represent someone i, I wasn't stuff, knowing where to go but for a monster movie where the monster's in it for literally only like five minutes not even that not even that yeah. not even that it held up really well yes and then you we got the q a with bria yeah. grant which was fantastic yeah. like to hear her talk about i mean this was a bear to the bones budget like she did her hair and makeup mm, like her she, own wardrobe, like her own wardrobe. Like, yeah. she got picked up from the airport it's like who's doing hair and makeup it's like oh i'm gonna do it. it's like okay yeah i need to go to a cbs because that's a big difference than yeah. what and that was just refreshing to hear too because you think of a film like this and the quality that it was and i'm like okay you know got a couple hundred thousand dollars got all this stuff like uh, apparently not no but she and like how she got the role how she got audition like that was great and i'm glad i got to record that and put it out and that's you know very cool to see because she was very open and honest and that's one of the things i really do love about panic fest is that you get honest reactions yeah. from the people that come here for the Q and A's. Like uh, one of my favorite parts was of the fest was seeing Frozen and Adam Green talking about everything that happened during that film and everything that that cast had to do. And then Joe talking about like his experience there and how yeah. his dad had passed. And, you know, it took, you know, 42 hours. They were on that hill for three hours and everything that happened, like that was an amazing experience. It's to cool. And you see get them. repertory screenings. We yeah. get, you know, where we're celebrating the movies that have got the legs. And of course the new ones that may, this may be the only time they play on a big screen with an audience, mm-hmm. which is, Wonderful, but at the same time, almost a little melancholy for some of them. Yeah. And we kind of talked about uh, just distribution is such a big thing now. And everyone wants to get into filmmaking to be a writer or director. No one thinks about how do how do we see these films? How yeah. do people how do we reach the mass audience? And hopefully more people can get into that. Like Elijah, um, Elijah Wood at this point, you know, obviously producing a lot, but also distributing through Spectre Vision. So yeah. it's nice to see that coming and yep. kind of being a priority at this point. Yeah. So, and then another thing you touched on was the Q&As. The yes. Q&As have been amazing. Yeah. Like, some of the insightfulness, some of the stories, some of the just the interaction. Because everybody here has been extremely cool. Yeah. There's nobody, like, no pretension, no egos, no anything, you know? And even with the people who should have egos, they're the coolest ones. They tend so, to be oh, yeah. the most genuine, down-to-earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, this yeah. is, I'd say this is kind of a fest for fans, for the most part, people that genuinely enjoy genre. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I'll say here in the Midwest, I think we're a little bit more kinder than others in general. And again, that's not throwing shade on any coast, but... But in general... I'd say Midwest folks are a little bit more laid back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so, mean, like when I was up here, I we saw it... Um, I was in December with uh, Genius. Mm-hmm. He did the Q&A. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, AJ talked about uh, filming and doing different things. And then I came up here and I wanted to get a picture with him so I could post it with my video. And we end up talking for like 15, 20 minutes That's about rad. different things. We were like quoting Lethal Weapon. And then, you know, um, I was like, hey, you know, these shirts are great from Atomicana. He like picked up three shirts. We were, yeah, talking about all this stuff. We were talking about different filmmakers and just films in general. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is, and he was like, yeah, you know, I don't, like, I'm not very open when I talk to things, when I talk about stuff to people and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, I take that as a compliment. I don't know what you're doing because we've been chatting away about all this stuff and different things. So thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, And then, you know, Joe Lynch, Adam Green, they're amazing. Rebecca Mahendry. Uh, Elric Kane, like I always love seeing them. I've seen them at Texas Frightmare the past few years. Had a great time talking with them. Did you do a little face touch with Elric? Yes. Oh, you know, you know, I am the first. (gasps) Wait, wait. Are you serious? Yeah, I was. Are you patient zero? I am patient zero. I was first at Texas Frightmare. You have this here. I was the first. It is recorded. I was the first to touch the face. That is so awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) 
But again, that's what happens here. I think we were talking with Patty Murphy. Yes. Um, and he's, you know, he's been to Frightmare. He's been to a Cannes Film Festival. He yes. was mentioning, it's like, no, this one is so much nicer because it's all centralized. But the filmmakers are with everyone. No one is really separated for the most part. There's not this hierarchy or anything. Just we're all here. Because again, we all mm-hmm. just were genuine fans of all films. Yep. Yeah. And that's what we do. We talk about films. Yeah. That's, that's. I mean, here's a little uh, hot button topic I'm going to bring up with this Mr. Right here. Patty and I had a lot to say about Hereditary and Midsummer. Yeah. How much we loved it. Getting all the juice about that Ariaster. You, you know what? Uh-huh. Friends can have dis- friends can have disagreeing <laughs> opinions, especially when one is so blatantly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay for you to be incorrect. That's right, fine. That's you can right. have your opinion. We both can't be wrong. Yeah, you yeah. know, so you can go ahead. I'll I'll take the high road. But Maybe. yeah, in fact, I brought you up when we were talking about that. I'm like, mm, have you talked to genius about this? Fucking believe me, I have recorded conversations. Yeah. And then I told them, it's like, and I had to bring that up when I met the man himself. It's like, I just want to let you know, I have defended your honor, sir, on record. Really? Yes, I did. And he's like, well, I thank you. And I'm like, you are welcome. Tell him, tell him to come I, right on over. I know. I am ready for him whenever he wants to go. True story. I did, but oh, it's like that's it's so wonderful. it is. I do. I think. Well, I mean, we disagree. It's fine if you're wrong, right? Because um, <laughs> we're friends, and it's okay. You know, you can be incorrect about you know that, yeah. and a couple other things. But you know, but I the, you know, the most part, as long as I'm 100 percent correct, 99 percent no, yeah. of the time. It's no, fine. but uh, no, the guys from Cult Podcast, the guy from Cult Podcast, he comes up and he goes, "Hey, genius, check this out." And I go, "What?" And I'm outside, and he takes off his coat. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck is he about to do? He takes off his sweater, and I'm like, what's going on? And he's got this hereditary shirt. <laughs> it's this scene. It's the scene with Gabriel Burnt, and like at the back it says Hereditary World Tour or something like that. Nice work, Armando. Yeah, and he goes, and he goes, hey, check it out, dude. I'm like, man, fuck you, but that's amazingly awesome. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, ah, I thought you'd like it. It's your uh, favorite movie. And I go, God. Damn it. See, again, between the Wolf Cop, Hereditary, Ari Aster, just in general. <laughs> yeah. People know what buttons to just push. Like, like it, it's a genius McGee speaking spell. Like, let's put it to Ari Aster. Man, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we have but, a Shelly button on that? Yeah. Fuck Shelly. <laughs> but I will have to say, I mean, and that's one of the things I, um, when I was talking to Patty and Paul and... Uh, uh, these two other gentlemen, it's, I mean, it's either one end of the spectrum or the other. You either, like, you either really like them, yeah. the yeah. films, or you don't. I mean, there's not like, yeah, I thought it was okay. All right. It was yeah. all right. It's like, no, it's like, they get these, like, like gut, yeah. like, reaction right. feelings, like, you know, brother against brother, north versus south, like, civil war of the cinema. It's like, ah. The, the, the march on the Ari Asher aggression. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Dear, yeah. dearest Martha the hereditary world yeah. has been going on for quite some time <laughs> just trying to work it up like a, but it doesn't yeah. it's not even worth it right now the uh, midsummer uh, malay of the summer of 1980 <laughs> I declare I need a tangy pink oh, lemonade no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's part of the thing about I mean yeah. we were in the we were in the lobby talking about Ari Aster for like 15 minutes and stuff. I'm like, this is what I love about yeah. doing fests like this. I mean, these are people that love films. And, like, it's exactly like Joe Lynch said. I mean, people that make films, if you don't love films and you're making films, then what the hell are you doing? Right. Like, everyone here loves films, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Well, and I've always known that with, like, Joe and Adam, occasionally they do hate that whole fans first into filmmaker, but... It's not so much that they're fans, it's just they're our level of kind of fandom. Like yeah. They know all the little individual, most unique niche stuff that I think thought for a while I was the only one that know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I meet Genius, like, oh, Genius. And then I meet Katie, and Katie knows. And it's like, and you have that vernacular, that just yeah. that terminology that you can always throw out. And it, certain movies are litmus tests, yeah. you know, and little things like that. And so when you throw that stuff out and they pick it up, you're like, oh, they really are one of us. But they're just really <laughs> friggin' talented. One of us. <laughs> Speaking of weeble wobbling, uh, I didn't realize that William Hootkin improvised all that nasty stuff in hardware. 
Ew. Oh, really? so gross. Yeah. yeah. Fucking porkins. Uh, perverted uh, peeping porkins. Perverted part of the triple P's. <laughs> <laughs> so horrible. Yeah. I was surprised how many people are seeing hardware for the first time. It was, was like 90% of the 90% audience. 90% definitely. Really? Yeah, 90%. And we probably had at least three, three or quarters four. Of the, yeah. Well, three or four beyond Joe that actually saw it in the theater back in 1990, mm-hmm. which oh. I was really shocked. I was fully expecting him to be the only one to answer that for. But no, there were like four people that were like, yeah, we saw it. It's like, red. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, and that's one thing. I missed that one because I went to some films that I hadn't seen before. And you I, are fair. Yeah. And I, <laughs> thing is, I probably, I wish I would have gone to see that. I did recently, uh, within the past year or two, saw it at the music box. Nice. And just that fever dream of, you know, Terminator with Dylan McDermott and so dreamy just I Punk mean, Terminator. yeah I mean it's the whole thing of Richard Stanley he just knows how to use color yes, so well absolutely and saturates it in such a way that it doesn't uh, it doesn't over flood your eyes with that it's like it's it is like all red and orange and but at the same time it's not too much yeah and I don't even know how he does that because he did the same thing with color in space yeah I think he's the perfect one to do color yeah. out of space because how else would you get somebody to where a color invades the earth, not an yeah. alien, a yeah. color. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Especially with that neon pink. Yeah. It's like it's like weird, how do you... shimmery, magenta. Well, yeah. he was really yeah. subtle in the first like 45 minutes. There were just these little bits of color throughout, even like in her hair. And then ultimately, what I love is just the the growth of the the uh, the florals and everything. It's, the mantis. Uh, this might play well with Annihilation as a double yes. feature. Yes. Yes, I thought that I would, could see that. One of those things. I um, can see that. Other ones on the list there, Miss Katie. Uh, Uncle Peckerhead. Okay. Uncle Peckerhead. Fucking love Uncle Peckerhead. That movie. I came back feeling happy mm-hmm. and like laughing and like just. And it was funny because during the Q and A, I'm sitting there and they're like, "Okay, let's introduce the cast." And I was like, right before they announced who it was, I looked over and like. Here comes the actor who played David Littleton. He played comes in and plays Uncle Peckerhead. Holy shit, it's Uncle Peckerhead! Yeah, like that. Like it threw me off because like he's genuinely scary, but he's the nicest guy on and off screen. It's ridiculous. So, but Uncle Peckerhead was so so funny. Yeah, like I continuously laughed. That Oh, and it had great music, too. Wonderful music. Now, was this the punk music or the metal music? Punk, uh, mu- the punk, punk music. Punk music, okay. Which, the metal music. The me- <laughs> I thought the metal guys were such douchey metal guys. Metal heads. Like, to get out. I mean, one, it was hilarious. And the fact that someone pointed out what the car was that the metalheads drove, and the director was like, "Yeah," or no, I, one of the co-producers that was like, "Yeah, that was actually my car," <laughs> uh, and it was like this, like brand like, new Honda Civic, yeah, 2018, like Acura or something. And these metalheads come, like, out. come out, like ooh, ooh, and they like drink the beer and then spray it up, well, like, like stone colding it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what are you guys doing? And then they just like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so funny. And then it takes an insane <laughs> turn. But no, the music was really good. The music was really, really good. good. And it's, I mean, someone pointed out, it's like, you guys don't have any, like, like the, the yeah, that was soundtrack. Me. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. Because, like, honestly, I would have bought that. Well, I there's mean, a running joke in the in the um, movie, like, so do you guys have a demo tape? You yeah. know? And so it's like, so do, do you guys have, have a demo, demo tape? tape? Because I would really listen to this band, duh. And, like... All the music was written for the, the movie, movie. and mm-hmm. it, it's super good. That's very cool. But it's funny. It is extremely gory. <laughs> um, there are there's a lot of blood and shit in this movie. Yeah, sometimes combined together. Yes. Oh, no. There's oh, yes. one scene where that is combined together, which I still don't understand why that happened per se. The I second do because it was awesome. Oh <laughs> wait, yes, no, yeah. Because he ate something that didn't agree with him. Yeah, that's right. Well, and that's what I also love with Panic Fest is you're also going to find those films that go there. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect with the name of a movie called Uncle Peckerhead. Yeah. And it was nothing like... I was, from the description of it and to the poster to, like, the name, I was was thinking this is going to be very Rob Zombie-ish. Very dirty, kind of, like, extra punk mm. or like this have that like awful grindhouse veneer this has a sitcom feel yeah. it is mm. so not what i was expecting but what i wanted nice 
Nice. And to go along with that, again, you had one of the best Q&As after the film because you've got the director, producer, I believe this production designer mm-hmm. and the star, Uncle Parker. Oh, wow. Then you've got John Pata, who did the Q&A. Love who, John Pata. I mean, if you're going to have someone who loves punk, punk. Yeah. do that, <laughs> that is the one to do. And again, I am so glad I taped that because there are moments where the cast and crew were like, you know, John's bringing up stuff like, oh, you know, this is from this album. And then you named this character after this. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, we did. Like, wow, you get it, dude. Like, you get it. Someone's that's what I love is when that connection happens when they see like, oh, yeah, the person we made this movie for digs it. Yeah. Like, that's got to be so affirming. I'm wearing my dub button right now. I'm right at, right at no, right here. yeah, no. This I Blood Quantum was my second favorite, and I would have to say uh, for me, Uncle Peckerhead was my first. Is it? Yeah, and then I would say Blood Quantum, and then Uncle Peckerhead second, and then After Midnight, and then Synchronic. Okay. See, even though she's wrong with Hereditary, I we mean, still agree. Yeah. I mean, and that's how friendships exactly. Last. That's, that's how yeah. they yeah. friends. Now Synchronic, yes. non-spoilerly on us. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, we'll give us. I mean, it is very has a very um, Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead feel with the cinematography and stuff. But it's about uh, two EMTs that are going uh, that are in New Orleans that are going to all these different calls, and there's this like weird drug that the calls have in common, and these people are having these that they're going to like one is bitten by a snake that hasn't been in that region in like hundreds of years someone has a sword from like some byzantian tower like some that would be from an explorer it's like how are these people dying but these things are coming on and then you go farther into it and you find out why and how and then there's also a family element into it um in it with and it stars what uh anthony mackie and jamie dornan who i'm glad jamie dornan's away from the like Fifty Shades of blah blah blah. All of that, certainly. Yeah, and I mean it's funny. Like the chemistry between them is great. Definitely one of the bigger budgets that uh, Benson and Moorhead have had, and yet at the same time, it's got that same quality that they have mastered. Because one thing I love about these guys is that they don't hire other people to do to save money. Like, well, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Like, and I want to do it right. And it's like, if this saves me $50,000 to do this, then that's what I'm going to do. And I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I don't, I can't, there's a spoilery thing in it that I didn't know what it was. So that's why I don't want to go farther into it. But it is a different take on a subject that you don't see very much. And, but it's, and then using the drug element in it. So yeah, I liked it a lot. Cool. Okay. And. VFW was another one that I enjoyed. Oh, yes. I enjoyed the shit out of VFW. That was, uh, Holy shit. Aged character actors batting off, battling punks and mutants. Elderly expendables? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a nice little uh, touch. What was it? Assault on Retirement Center 13? Yeah. <laughs> I was, that's what I was say. Assault on, um, assault on Precinct 13 with AARP. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No, there's, again, so yep. many wonderful yeah. films that I was able to see, so many films that I didn't that I'm glad you all were able to. Any last-minute ones that we need to talk about? Puppet Killer is phenomenal. That's, Puppet Killer's hilarious. Puppet Killer. I mean, I that was my... I didn't watch it this time because that was my favorite at another festival, okay. but I, again... I, you know, it's a Sophie's choice when you're coming to film festivals because it's like yeah. there's like three, sometimes you're miss four. Something. And if I don't see one and I've seen the other one, I'm like, you're yeah, but I do want to see this yeah. again. Uh, Public Killer is incredible. I mean, I can't recommend that one enough. It's got so many like horror nuances that are not only super subtle, but that are just extremely over the top. Mm-hmm. And like it's played so straight for so goofy mm-hmm. like the goofy elements but everybody's bringing like a, a, a weird straightness to it like like the 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 actor who's supposed to be a kid yes yeah i think that can be uh, no, that's not a spoiler no. he's he's down he he's at least 40 in his 40s and he's playing this teenager but he's like oh dad come on i want to go out and party but he's being honest about it i mean it's his character and what's funny was i had a chance i came in probably about halfway through that one and was able to just sit in for about 15 minutes now knowing that because i just assumed maybe he was 
I, just something like a man child. Something, but now like knowing that, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just that is even better. And that was one of the like someone that I know was like, you know, I don't get it. Like that was totally miscast. Why they had that guy? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's brilliant. That was it's the brilliant. point. Right. Immediately, I thought that was hilarious because it's like he's got a bad guy. It's like, hey guys, what's going on? And the thing is, he's six eight. He's, a, he's, he's like, Patrick Warburton. He's forty eight yeah. years old, and then the guy who's playing his dad is maybe forty nine <laughs> or. 48 and a half yeah it's like it's he's so like funny either a year come or here like a sport few, you know? it's like come on dad you're embarrassing me in front of my friends like come on and all the casts are like in their 30s yeah and it's so funny um but the twisted twins show up yep and Gigi. um Gigi? yeah friend of the show Gigi's el guerrero gets offed in this movie and it was great that's but great. the director, Lisa Ovi, she was here. She's amazing. She did She had so much energy throughout yes. the film. I think she was moving faster than I was throughout this weekend. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. It was wonderful. Uh last other last ones before we wrap it up on this little panic fest dispatch. Okay, let's say uh one, the perished. The perished Absolutely. but also Absolutely. one of my favorite experiences. Of this fest is watching the experiences of the director and writer of The Parish, yeah. Patty Murphy. He has had, I think, the best Panic Fest anyone has ever had. I mean, ever. Ever in, like, the history of Panic Fest. Ever. It's This is his Panic Fest. And it started on Thursday night oh. when I got to, and you were there, yes, to, he met a friend of mine and who I just mentioned, John Pata. Uh, known him for eight years. He has heard so much about him. But when they met, he was like, uh, you know, my name's John. I'm like, oh, I'm Patty. And then Patty looked at him like, wait, are you John Patta? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. And it's watch. It's like watching a child yep. meet Santa. Yes. And <laughs> that pure joy and happiness that was in Joy. his face. And then the hug. I was like, this is a beautiful, heartfelt, and sincerely, like, sweet moment mm-hmm. that I can't believe I'm actually witnessing and I wish I could have videoed this because I know. it's just so beautiful. I immediately left and started telling people about it. I was like, yeah. you guys just missed the most amazing fucking moment here. Like, and I'm so glad <laughs> that we were there and we just had him on. We did an episode proper and we talked about that moment because I was like, yeah. that was the best way to start Panic Fest off after just seeing a great movie with my friend Katie. Yeah. Here's our friend Patty that we just met and to have him have that moment that oh. Um, it just set the tone for the remainder of the weekend. And yeah. I honestly think we kept that amount throughout the entirety. You yeah. know, just like I said, from the interactions, from the films, the just all of it coalesced so wonderfully. And honestly, it wouldn't have been as this wonderful had you not been part of it. Oh. Again, the guests that come in, the the the, the critics, the the press, all of that it it's all makes part of the experience. So I think if you didn't have fun at Panic Fest this year, you were trying to not have fun. Yes, I You're would agree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you because I mean I'm sure there are people who go to like fests to just to like well let's review and do terrible things about the movies, you know, and talk, you know. But like that ain't Panic Fest. No, everybody has come in love with smile, even when the movie is fucked up. Yeah, they're still like, well, I had a good time, you know, that was fun. Yep. So like. That's the great thing about Panic Fest. So I'm looking forward to continuing to hear and listen the Blonde in Front again. Where can they find you out online? On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the Blonde in Front. Damn right. Yeah, I love it. And watch all out social for, media. Watch out for the apple peeler knife in the purse. That's right. <laughs> she will stab a B word. <laughs> so until our next little Panic Fest dispatch, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll keep on panicking.